Hey crew, welcome back to another episode of In Sticks. I've got a solo one for you all today. Uh, I haven't gone one out for a while, so I'm keen to, to test my skills to see how rusty I am when it's just me speaking to myself into this microphone. Um, I'm back in Somaliland. I'm, I'm back in Hargeisa, back in H-Town. Um, Funnily enough, I worked out the other day that it was exactly one year since me leaving Hargeisa last year that I then returned again this year. Um, so yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool to be back. The longer I'm here, the the more sort of comfortable I get, and the more I feel that this place is becoming my second home. It's great to it's great to see some familiar faces. Um, I'm no longer with my father this time. My dad's back in Oz, so it's it's just me fending for myself. So I don't have a, a translator, and I don't have a, a babysitter around here. I've just got to work out more. So with a bit of help from my good man Farhan, who's my cousin, but yeah, more more often than not, got to work out how to fend for myself. Which it's been nice to, yeah, as I said, just feel more comfortable being being back here. Uh, I've certainly noticed some changes since being back in Hargeisa. There's a few new cafes and, and restaurants that have popped up that weren't here when I was here a year ago. Um, to the same argument, there's also been a few places that no longer exist. So a few of the old cafes that, that used to be up and running for whatever reason have now shut down, unfortunately. Um, there's traffic lights. I've seen, I saw a set uh, of traffic lights in the downtown area of Hargeisa. That was certainly a, a first. I've, I've, I've never seen sort of organized road behavior over here so it'll be nice that that can to some degree be now facilitated via some traffic lights there's a new road in in Jigjiga, which is the area that i live in and sort of hang out in so that was really cool to see it actually was put together and made over two nights i think it was um so yeah it's nice to have a thick road going down the main road uh, of Jigjiga here I think just the the rate of change in developing countries such as Somaliland may be quicker than what it is in 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 Western countries and in Australia, for example, just because there's so much more to improve in areas that that need to get better in, especially in construction and roads and buildings and that type of thing. So yeah, it's cool to reflect back a year on and to pick up. A lot of areas where Hargeisa is is getting better and, and developing. Um, I've also reckon I've seen more white people here than I than I saw last year. So that's another cool thing that Somaliland is attracting some tourists in in some cases. I, I met an elderly uh, American couple in my everyday go-to cafe a few days ago. I uh, saw them sit down and I went up and introduced myself and, and said that my, that my curiosity had overcome me and that I must know what brought them to Somaliland, just given that it's quite rare to get to get white people 
over here and the, the lovely old lady was very, very sweet and she explained that she was actually here with her husband, I think he was the other guy she was with, but she was here as part of a East African tour group. So she'd actually just been to Badabada, which is the beach town here in Somaliland. And before that, she'd been in Ethiopia, Ethiopia and a few other East African countries. And Somaliland was on the list. And so they were here as part of a group and they were just exploring the place, um, which was hectic to think. I, it was, I just didn't think that tourism in general sort of existed unless you were like me and had some connection to the place. So that was really, really cool. I really love speaking to this older American couple and we're thrilled that they thought to come to Somaliland. I also saw some some Spanish people yesterday in Berbera, which is the beach town, and I didn't catch much of their story, but they said that they were they came to Somaliland for vacation, which again shocked me to think that they they potentially could be living in Barcelona or some of those other beautiful Spanish beach towns, but they thought that instead they'd, they'd come and holiday in, in Somaliland. So, yeah, it's awesome to see. I would definitely say that the biggest difference between being in Hargeisa this time around compared to last year was or is my social life and... and my ability to make friends. I'm not saying I was a loner last time or a loser, but I would definitely say that this time around I've formed some deeper friendships and some deeper connections. Um, and a lot of that has to do with my very, very great mate, Akram. So I met Akram last time when I was here, probably like the last two weeks that I was in Hargeisa last year, I met Akram um, and I thought that when I met him that he was a diaspora, so I thought that he was from overseas because he spoke really good English and he had a bit of a UK twang to to his English. He would say, um, what are you saying, man? What are you saying? A lot. Uh, he still does, but yeah, met Akram last time, and this time around, I've sort of kept in touch, and we have been best buds. We've been, been like glue. I, I did. I've done the maths, and I reckon I've been here. I've been here, been here three weeks. So of those twenty-one days, I reckon I've hung out with Akram. Eighteen of those twenty-one days. So if I was I'm going to do a little equation here, but if I, on average, I reckon in Melbourne, in Australia, I'm lucky to see my best friends once a week. So in two weeks, it would essentially take me, in the three weeks that I've been here, and, and stick with me here, in the three weeks that I've been in Hargeisa and, and hung out with Akram, it would take me 18... So it would take me over four months at that same rate to see my friends as much as I have here in Australia. I don't know if that made any sense, but what I'm getting at is that people, and especially young people here, they see their friends most nights, if not every night. They whatever they do whatever they need to do during the day, if that's uni or if that's work, and then at night they just catch up and just hang and they just do the simplest things together. They drink tea and just talk and it's it's really quite it's really quite beautiful and it's it's made me feel 
as if I'm I'm back in primary school during the school holidays where you you'd hang out with your mates every day and you you just play it and and spend time with each other. It sort of made me think or it's made me consider whether maybe young people in Somaliland and potentially some other developing countries because of this fact uh, are happier than than us in the west because yeah they just they hang out with their friends more often than we do in Australia it's just very rare in Oz that you'd see your friends consecutively unless you're working with them or you play in a footy club but yeah after after high school you you sort of it's very it's just way less frequent that you catch up with your mates and yeah i do think it could lead to potentially more happiness if back home we just hang out with your mates more as simple as it is and it may be hard but it's something that i'm certainly going to try and implement back in melbourne i might have to get back into footy or or just make more of an effort to not get caught up in in everyday life i was sort of wrestling with the fact that do i think that people here in somaliland are happier than people, young people in Australia off the back of how often they see their friends. But I came to the decision or the conclusion that one element to the life of a young person here that would would not give Somalilanders the tick there is how weak, and I might have said this last time, but how weak the Somaliland passport is. So I was sitting down with a few of Akram's friends and Akram himself uh, a few weeks ago, and they were just discussing sort of the pains of the Somaliland passport. I think I was told that there's three countries, and this could be wrong, but I, probably somewhere along the lines of, of this, but there's three countries that a Somaliland local can go to visa-free. So they genuinely just can't, they can't go anywhere with any real freedom without going through a, a pretty tedious process. So one of the guys, uh, Kamal, he was telling me that to, to go to Italy for a, a uni program, I think it was, he had to fly to Mogadishu, which is the, the capital here, and he had to convince people of the, Intali- of the Italian sort of embassy here that he was it was worth him going and that should sort of push his case. So it's just so hard to go overseas here and to travel and again i've said this last time but it makes me appreciate my passport and it's something in in australia that it's hard to appreciate but it's when you travel and you go to these these countries that you realize how lucky we are just to be born in australia and to have a passport that allows us to pretty easily go to go to most places so because of that i don't know if people here are happier they might be and this is obviously a, a generalization but that was the that was why i couldn't comfortably say that somaliland locals are happier but they they hang out with their mates here and they do seem to to be more content and they certainly have deeper and richer connections with their friends than maybe we do back in back in oz i've been road tripping i've gone on a few little day trips since being back here in somaliland so the first little trip that i went on was to a town called boroma Boroma is about two hours out from Hargeisa and I really, really loved going to Boroma and, and checking out. It had more of a of a Kenya or a Tanzania feel to it 
mainly because uh, tuk-tuks exist over there and, and they don't exist here in Hargeisa. And yeah, it's just a very colorful, vibrant sort of city. Uh, it's not too big, I didn't feel, but yeah, it's just a, a really cool and and very different place to Hargeisa. We had one of Akram's friends, uh, Gildy, who uh, who was showing us around as a, as he was a and is a, a Boroma local. So Gilday was was showing us around. He took us to the main university in Boroma, and it's actually one of the the premier universities of Somaliland. But it was a Moog university, and so Gilday took us around, and he and he showed us the campus. This was actually really impressive, and it was. Yeah, a lot better than what I expected. It was massive. It was on probably a three-kilometer-ish block, and it had some had some. The coolest thing about it for me was that agriculture is is what Boroma is known for, I believe. So it had a an agricultural sort of unit of the university, and we went out the back of the of the of the building, and we saw. Lots of different plants that were being tested and, and planted as plants are. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience to see Amud University. A fun fact for those wondering, Amud University was the first university in Somaliland, I believe. So that was a, a very wholesome experience. Another town that I've been to, another little day trip that I've done was to Dar es Salaam which is a town a lot closer than Boroma. It's probably a 45-minute drive from Hargeisa. And I have been to Dar es Salaam before because one of my Edos or one of my aunties live there. Uh, so me and Farhan and my Awawi, which, which is my grandfather, we went down there to go see this Edo. Um, and we drove all the way there just to be told that she was actually back in Hargeisa, which is... Which was hard for me to fathom that that we wouldn't just check in just to see that she was home, but um, yeah, that's Somali, that's Somali time management or not time management, more so organisation for you. But it was a little bit refreshing just to think that that people here still live in the day where they just rock up to people's houses or on this case, people's small towns just to see them. But it was lovely to be back in Dar es Salaam for a short amount of time. There's a group of little boys there who I don't know their exact relationship to me and to my Edo there, but they certainly remembered me from, from last time and they were all quite thrilled for me to be back. It was it was very cute to see. They love getting in the car. So as soon as I got back there, they were asking me if they could hop in the car and they wanted to go on a little joyride. So yeah, that was always, it's always nice to see the little boys from Dar es Salaam. I reckon that, and I'm not, I don't want to sound egotistical here, but I reckon that that may have been the best day since I came and saw them last year that they've had in this whole year to be able to go in the, the car and go for a little ride around because the, the smiles on all their faces was a joy to a joy to watch. 
And lastly, the final town, the final day trip that I've been here in Somaliland for my second time is to Barabara, which is the the beach town here. It's a port town. Uh, it's it's cool. Like it was nice to go back to the beach in Barabara. But we ended up coming back that night. We we're planning to stay there for the night, but we ended up coming back that night because there's really just not much to do there. Like you can go to the beach and the beaches uh, are cool. They're, they're nice to hang out in, but there's no sort of there's no sort of other activities there. And even on the beach, there's nothing there. There's no sort of cafes or restaurants or just general activities that you can partake in, which I feel like you need over here, and which is why Hard Geyser is a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a hot spot for just things to do and at least place to hang out in. It's just about about just screaming for some for, for some foreign investment or even domestic investment i guess just to get some some more things happening there because it could be quite special because it's certainly geographically a very important place for for somaliland um a funny story from when we were hanging out in butter butter i was just naturally lying down and sunbaking as you do typically at a beach but uh it's clear that sunbathing isn't a thing that's sort of done here in somalia uh, or Somaliland, I should say, and uh, on a few occasions, uh, some local police came up to me and, and said to the boys that I was with, what's wrong with this guy? Is, is he dead? Is he passed away? Why is he just lying down like that? And they had to explain that, no, he's just, just chilling out. So sunbathing, not a, not a common thing here in Somaliland, which I guess makes sense because they have beautiful black skin anyway and don't need don't need tans to to improve their their physical appearance unfortunately this time round it is only a short trip for me here in Hargeisa. I actually leave to go back to Australia finally after six months next Thursday. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Mixed emotions. I'm obviously really excited to go see my family and all my friends. But, yeah, it's just a, a strange feeling to be finally going back home. I'm already thinking about where I want to go to next and what next year holds for me. But, yeah, it will be nice, and it's certainly a, a great year, time of year to be heading back to back to Melbourne. Before I wrap up, I've got a few little notes here or a few little interactions that I thought were quite amusing that I would finish off this solo episode with. This one would have been from about a week ago. I was walking. I just left the, the doorsteps of my house and a young local boy was walking in the, the same direction as me. He would have been about 12 or 13 and just naturally we sort of crossed paths and I noticed him looking quite beady eyes at me and wouldn't wouldn't let go of, of keeping me in his vision. And as we sort of got closer... I must have made like a hand gesture or done some sort of movement that made this young man absolutely shit his pants and he jumped up as if I had given him this massive fright. It was honestly as if I had pointed a gun at his head. He jumped off and he quickly walked off in the other direction and I heard him say something along the lines of a darn and I thought 
Uh, sorry, I should say Adan means white person. And I thought I heard him say, with that, I thought I heard him say, Shaydan, which I think means the devil. So I think along the lines of this could be wrong, but from my my takeaway from that interaction, he said this white devil and he walked off and he was in, in shock of me. And yeah, I found it quite funny. A bit alarming that he would that he's still quite scared of, of people he perceives as white. Um, so God bless the young man and hopefully he he gets to know some a different array of, of skin colours in his, in his lifetime. Another one, and it was just a conversation that me and Akram had the other day. Um, he was explaining to me, and sort of on a similar topic as before, we were just saying how close the Somali people are and that, that you're very connected to your friends and you're also extremely connected to your family members. And it doesn't have to be your brothers or sisters, it's often your cousins or even your second cousins or even people who are in the same tribe at you who live at your house, who live with you. I think Akram's parents are very loving and accommodating and they'll often invite people to live with them, often them being sort of family members, cousins and that type of thing. But he's saying to me, he said, look, the, I love it, I love how close... Uh, our family is and how there's quite often can be up to 20 or 25 people in our house at, at one time but there there comes a line where there comes a time where where people cross the line and he says they even they even take my clothes they wear my clothes i have little cousins who come from across across the mainland and they wear my goddamn clothes he said to me and he, he was quite upset and, and quite serious about this which is fair enough i wouldn't want relatives coming in and and wearing not only staying in my room but wearing my clothes he said to me Artin, if they if they come to you, they're even gonna kind of come and stay in your house, and they're gonna record your podcast for you. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. So if anyone if anyone starts to hear podcasts from me that just sound a little bit off, it could be that I've been in Somaliland for too long, and I start having relatives who start who begin recording my podcast for me. Well, my my friends, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up there. I hope that that was a, an interesting, if not palatable, little podcast that I did solo, and it's where I'm at now. And yeah, I hope that you all can go out and do some solo travel, as I always say. Just travel in general. Go out, see the world, appreciate your passport. If you are a person from Australia or someone from the Western world, appreciate that damn thing because you are so lucky to have the ability to hop on a plane and go to most places in the world. Well, peace, my friends. I'll be back soon. Bye.